are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. So it seems that there are, as, as, you're, as we're saying, a small group of people who um, instinctively are born with uh, a tendency to want to control everybody other, else, other people around them, as many people as possible. Yes. And they very quickly come up with uh, a strategy to, to do this. And one yes. of the first things they latch onto is the idea of fear. You know, um, where they can go to the people who like music and say uh, that those people who are over there writing and, and writing books and making books that uh, they're a threat to the to yes. the musicians, and they can come up with any number of scenarios to to prove this. And th- and they work with this with right. this. And they get all the musicians to follow them and, and make war on the people who are writing, and they kill off all the writers, yeah. you know, or else they absorb them like the Borg. You know, I mean, that's that's a, a simple way of looking at it, but, yeah, that's uh, that's the way it happens. And the thing is, for, for normal people, those, those, that idea of... of um of manipulating people and and getting getting them to to attack and to fear other people uh, is it's not native. It's not natural to them. No, no. Um, no. But it is natural to to, the, the, to this group of people that we're talking about. And uh, well, uh, for using your example, um, they would want to plant something, some fear of the writers among the musicians, and some fear of the musicians among the writers, and. And the fear of uh, shoemakers among seamstresses and fear of seamstresses among shoemakers. Mm-hmm. And by keeping everybody at each other, then they would come along and they would say, you know, here, you know, pay attention to this. This is the one thing that you all have in common, which is, you know, we have a God for you. You know, here is, you mm-hmm. know, I am. I, I am the shoemaker God. Well, shoemaker God, whatever. The God of shoes. And, uh. And that way they get control of people or control of groups of people. Yeah, but, uh, and people don't, um, these normal people who don't tend to, to manipulation and control of other people, um, when they look at the situation that's, that's being presented to them in terms of they must fear another group of people, um, they would take that at face value. They, they well, would take the evidence at face value because they would never be able to conceive of, because not, not being part of their own makeup, they, they can't conceive of this tendency or this concept of, 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 of manipulating deliberately uh, one group of people against another group of people. Of course. Uh, and, and that's how they're led along with the news. Somebody, somebody who, doesn't, uh, who doesn't think that way, who doesn't operate that way, finds it almost impossible to understand somebody who does. And, and it's like, um, what was it, Anna, Anna Salter, psychologist, who wrote in her, in her book about uh, human predators... Uh, that, you know, we're all taught from, from childhood that, you know, the way to tell if someone is lying is if they can't look you straight in the eye. And the fact is that the, the best liars can, can look you straight in the eye and lie and lie so convincingly that, uh, you know, you're helpless against them. And it, it brings to mind um, the current situation with, um, you know, the war in Iraq and, and, and many other wars that have gone before it, uh, waged mainly by the U.S., but also by other countries, um, where thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of young, mainly young men, uh, go off to kill and massacre 
uh, other people uh, that they have, have have no real grievance against, uh, but they go under the under the idea that they're going for some noble ideal, and we see that that these pathocrats or these these particular t- group of people realize that they need to appeal to uh, a, an honourable uh, side of the nature of of the majority of people to get them to go and do something that's completely and against their own nature. And we see that uh, one of the things that really, that is again is being hidden by the mainstream media, is the number of um, American troops who are going to Iraq and are shooting, you know, Iraqi innocent families, people. innocent people, uh, and are being completely traumatized by it, and are coming back and having, you know, being yes. in, in, in a in a pretty terrible psychological state, which is which is obviously one of the main things yeah, that need so to be ca- needs to be kept under wraps, you know. Yep brings to mind the point that Martha Stout makes in her book, The Sociopath Next Door, where she's talking about, we have this idea, when when somebody does something animalistic, we say that's human nature. But in in fact, most people, that is not part of them at all. Only when you take the psychopath as the model, and then you impose that on others, and everybody, I mean, let's admit it, everybody has done things in their life for which they're ashamed, that they're not proud of. But what happens is that, that that small thing that you've done then makes an association with these horrible things that, that you wouldn't be able to do. And you're told, yes, 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 this is human nature. And so you assume that this little thing that you've done that you're ashamed of is that part of that animalistic part of you. Yeah, it's just the tip if, of the iceberg of what you could possibly what you, yeah. do. And And so we have this idea that human nature is this animalistic thing rather than being something higher – and it, this is imposed on us by the pathocrats because that's who they are. Of course, you know, anger and aggression is a part of human nature. Yes. But it's generally a response. People to, generally to, to it's external, a yeah. it's a survival external stimuli. And, yeah. and the main external stimuli that provokes it is fear. Yeah, and, and that is what is used by the pathocrats to gain control. And also, most human beings, uh, unless they're in a situation of extreme danger to themselves... You know they have a they have a they have brakes. They can put on the brakes. They can stop. And even even many of them who are in extreme danger will not uh, put on those brakes and stop. They allow themselves to be you know completely run over, uh, killed or whatever. The thing that always astonished me was hearing stories about the Holocaust, you know, and about how so many uh, how so many people, you know, Jews, Poles, you know, gypsies, Romanians, whatever, stood in line to be subjected to whatever was in store for them, even knowing, you know, the conditions, the circumstances that were uh, that were very likely facing them that it wasn't good. They're in a line and they're maybe told they're going to uh you know, go and get deloused or something, and 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 yet they know at some subliminal level that something extremely unpleasant is going to happen, and yet they stood there in line. They didn't. They didn't fight back. And that's uh, that's a pretty shocking thing to think about. And yet we see everybody in America doing the same thing. They're just sitting in their homes or. Uh, gassing up their RVs or watching their television or going to their football games, and they're basically essentially standing in line. And they'd be absolutely horrified to hear you make that comparison. They're but so brain-dead, so out of touch with what's really going on. Well, the thing is that they're just living their lives. Yeah. You know, and, they, and there's and nothing wrong with that. 
And, I mean, and they, they should they be allowed that, to do those things. And they think that every moment something is going to happen that's going to make it different, is going to change it, that uh, they think that somehow uh, the political process is going to change what's happening in America. They think that, well, okay, we've got uh, all of these neocons in power, so let's let's get some people to run for office and, and let's get rid of them. Let's put some Democrats back in Congress. Let's uh, vote the bums out. Yeah, let's let's, uh, let's let's clean house and kick butt and take names. And what they don't even really realize, because they can't comprehend the nature of the lies that are being told to them, that there is no possibility. There is no possibility, because between the media, between the control of the voting systems, between um, the control of the military, and now the judiciary with the uh, confirmation of Samuel Alito, there is absolutely no possibility whatsoever that anybody is going to get into office, or at least enough of them are going to get into office, to change one whit what is going on in the United States. It isn't going to happen. Well, this has been going on for a long time because the American political system, you've got the Democrats and the Republicans, and they're Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Sure. And at the same time, the Americans really believe that they have the, the freest, most democratic system in the world, and they have absolutely no choice when they do go to the polls, and that's not new. And That's, who's to blame for that? Can we say it? The media. The media. Absolutely. I mean, people people believe that there is a, uh, a democratic uh, system of government in the United States when there really isn't and never has been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that's the media. I mean, once again. Again and again, we come back to the media. And I want to, speaking of the media, I want to read something here to everyone. Uh, So just bear with me on this. Uh, What we have here is a plan for taking control of the minds of the people. And it says, we shall deal with the press in the following way. What is the part played by the press today? It serves to excite and inflame those passions which are needed for our purpose, or else it serves selfish ends of parties. It is often vapid, unjust, mendacious, and the majority of the public have not the slightest idea of what ends the press really serves. We shall saddle and bridle it with a tight curb. We shall do the same also with all productions of the printing press, for where would be the sense of getting rid of the attacks of the press if we remain targets for pamphlets and books? The pretext for stopping any publication will be the alleged plea that it is agitating the public mind without occasion or justification. Does that sound familiar to anyone? I beg you to note that among those market those making attacks upon us will also be organs established by us, but that they will attack exclusively points that we have predetermined to alter. Not a single announcement will reach the public without our control. Even now, this is already attained by us, inasmuch as all news items are received by a few agencies in whose offices they are focused from all parts of the world. These agencies will then be already entirely ours and will give publicity only to what we dictate to them. Does this sound like the gospel according to the Project for a New American Century or what? Well, let me continue. If there should be any found who are desirous of writing against us, they will not find any person eager to print their productions. Literature and journalism are two of the most important educative forces, and therefore our government will become proprietor of the majority of the journals. 
This will neutralize the injurious influence of the privately owned press and will put us in possession of the tremendous influence upon the public mind. If we give a permit for 10 journals, basically for journals from other people who apply for permits, we shall ourselves create 30 and so on in the same proportion. This, however, must in no way be suspected by the public, for which reason all journals published by us will be of the most opposite in appearance, in tendencies, and opinions, thereby creating confidence in us among the public and bringing over to us our quite unsuspicious opponents, who will thus fall into our trap and be rendered harmless. In the front rank will stand organs of an official character, such as the New York Times. They will always stand guard over our interests, and therefore their influence will be comparatively insignificant. In the second rank will be the semi-official organs, whose part it will be to attract the tepid and the indifferent. In the third rank, we shall set up our own, to all appearances, opposition which in at least one of its organs will present what looks like the very antipode to us. Our real opponents at heart will accept this simulated opposition as their own and will show us their cards. All our newspapers will be of all possible complexions, aristocratic, republican, revolutionary, even anarchic, for so long, of course, as, as, as normal government exists. Like the Indian idol Vishnu, they will have a hundred hands, and every one of them will have a finger on any one of the public opinions as required. When a pulse quickens, these hands will lead the opinion in the direction of our aims, for an excited patient loses all power of judgment and easily yields to suggestion. Those fools who will think that they are repeating the opinion of a newspaper of their own choosing, of their own camp, of their own ideology, will be repeating our opinion or any opinion that seems desirable for us. In the vain belief that they are following the organ of their party, they will, in fact, follow the flag which we hang out for them. In order to direct our newspaper militia in this sense, we must take a special and minute care in organizing this matter. Under the title of Central Department of the Press, we shall institute literary gatherings, at which our agents will, without attracting attention, issue the orders and watchwords of the day by discussing and controverting, but always superficially, without touching the essence of the matter, our organs will carry on a sham fight fusillade with the official newspapers solely for the purpose of giving occasion for us to express ourselves more fully than could well be done from the outset in official announcements, whenever, of course, that is to our advantage. These attacks upon us, that is, fake attacks, will also serve another purpose, namely that our subjects will be convinced of the existence of full freedom of speech and so give our agents an occasion to affirm that all organs which oppose us are empty babblers, since they are incapable of finding any substantial objections to our orders. Methods of organization like these, imperceptible to the public eye, but absolutely sure, are the best calculated to succeed in bringing the attention and the confidence of the public to the side of our wishes. Thanks to such methods, we shall be in a position, as from time to time may be required, to excite or to tranquilize the public mind on political questions, to persuade or to confuse, printing now truth, now lies, now facts, 
or their contradictions, according as they may well or ill received, always very cautiously feeling our ground before stepping upon it. We shall have sure triumph over our opponents, since they will not have at their disposition organs of the press in which they can give full and final expression to their views, owing to the aforesaid methods of dealing with the press. We shall not even need to refute them, except very superficially. Trial shots like these, fired by us in the third rank of our press, in case of need, will be energetically refuted by us in our semi-official organs. Even nowadays, already, to take only the French press, there are forms which re reveal Masonic solidarity in acting on the watchword. All organs of the press are bound together by professional secrecy. Like the augurs of old, not one of their numbers will give away the secret of his sources of information unless it be resolved to make announcement of them. Not one journalist will venture to betray this secret, for not one of them is ever admitted to practice literature unless his whole past has some disgraceful sore or other. These sores would be immediately revealed. So long as they remain the secret of a few, the prestige of the journalist attracts the majority of the country, and the mob follow after him with enthusiasm. We're screwed. Laura has just been reading from one of the most notorious documents ever written, the infamous Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Now, there's an obvious danger in citing this work that we will be accused of anti-Semitism, so we'd like to be clear from the start that we think it should more accurately be entitled The Protocols of the Pathocrats because it describes the way pathocracy works. Pathological types are found in all populations regardless of color, creed, language, or any other distinguishing characteristic. We're convinced that if there are people implementing such a plan in our world today, they can be Christian, Muslim, or Jew, communist or capitalist, vegetarian, animal rights activist, environmentalist, anti-smokers, or the purveyors of any ideology that effectively imprisons our thinking. To use the terminology of Andrew Lobachevsky in his political ponerology, it is a schizoid declaration, not a Jewish or Zionist declaration. Moreover, given the preternatural predatorial instinct evidenced in the document, one could even hypothesize that it was initially attributed to the so-called elders of Zion as part of a great manipulation against the Jewish people as a whole, deflecting attention from the true adversary the pathocracy. The Protocols illustrates in a striking way the mindset of people who see the world as a battleground for power over others, a mindset that is foreign to most of us on the planet from any and every social or ethnic group, and we've been talking about that tonight. As well, the Protocols outlines a process that we think describes with a certain accuracy the current state of affairs in the mainstream and alternative media where phony opposition papers or websites are set up to guide sincere dissenters away from the truth. Regardless of the source, it shows that someone was thinking in this devious way a century ago. So let us be clear, we are discussing pathocracy and pathocrats here, not members of any particular religion. When read in those terms, the protocols is indeed enlightening. Well, to me... Um 
that what you've just read is shocking in simply because of its the deviousness of the thinking behind it um i mean having listened to it 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 seems very very logical at it's least at least from the point of view of of, of an evil uh, of the pathocrat of an I'm evil strategist right. who who is 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 deeply motivated to control other people beyond all reason um and it it an analogy that springs to mind is um is essentially a, a, an adult or a group of adults uh, and and children. Uh, you have adults who who you know, for, say for the first time are observing children and their naivety and their innocence and their you know their unquestioning acceptance of, of of what they're told. And in response to to observing this this nature in children, they decide to mercilessly uh, manipulate and to use it. To, yes. to their own ends against the children, uh, and of course, there's other types of people who, in response to this kind of these qualities of children, have a completely uh, different. Uh, yeah, they approach. want to nurture them, help them become themselves, instead of controlling and, and destroying their creativity. But then, of course, you know what is what is such a horrible thing as as, uh, as say circumcision. Circumcision is probably one of the most horrible abuses committed upon children in this day and time, and the fact that it is allowed to continue is criminal. Absolutely criminal. To take a baby boy and inflict a physical mutilation on him for religious reasons, that is completely sick. I mean, it, it's beyond sick. It's... Particularly in the... It's unspeakable. In, in the name of a God that that, that wages war. Uh, war for love, or, or uh, while proclaiming uh, love, a loving God wages war. Well, I don't think the God of the Old Testament ever was a loving God. I mean, that only was introduced in Christianity, and that's only because people were were not really attracted to. Well, well, even Christianity. I mean, how that's that's one of the most amazing things as well is how people are happy to just live with this uh, this well, contradiction in well, terms so of the loving Christian God. Who there's so many Christians who completely forget that the New Testament exists. They completely forget the example of of, of Jesus. Mythical though he may be, uh, at least it was a little bit better example than than the Old Testament God of uh, of the Jews that was you know a complete pathocrat, you know smite everybody and take over all their territory and take their women and, and children and you know kill the ones that can't shape up and uh, I mean that's. It's a, it's a pretty sick thing. And, and what what is truly astonishing is the fact that here we are. This is 2006. We are a society with cell phones, with satellites, with, uh, uh, you know, jet planes, with uh, nuclear energy, with electricity in our homes, washing machines, uh, dishwashers, refrigerators, you name it. We have... The, uh, the capacity to make life easier for everybody on this planet and we are still for God's sakes killing each other killing each other for ideologies because somebody wants to control everybody because there's no other reason for it except somebody or some small group wanting to gain control of everyone else yeah well I mean it's like as, it's like as Gurdjieff has said about uh, there's a real disconnect between the, the evolution 
the moral evolution of humanity and the, and the technological evolution of humanity, that essentially the moral evolution of humanity has, well, evolution's probably the wrong word. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's like uh, Don Juan said the same thing. Of course, I'm always thinking that Don Juan Actually, was yes, very much... Don Juan. I, I well, no, but Gurdjieff said it too. But yeah. uh, Don Juan, uh, I think, was very much influenced by Gurdjieff, and he, he pointed out that, you know, the the discrepancy between uh, between the mind of man and what he was capable of doing and his morals, his ethics, and, and his emotional existence. You know, it, it's it, there's such a huge disc. I mean, in the back before, you, you, you make war, and whoever has the biggest stick and and the most guys that he can get together with big sticks, you know, was the one who was the winner. Now it's just a question of of places like Lambda Corporation, you know, doing mathematical computations to find out what is the most efficient method to kill the most number of people with the least amount of energetic input. This is what our science is doing, for God's sakes. Come on, people. And and it's considered to be okay. Why? Because of the media. Something has got to be done about the media. We work every day, all day long, you know, to present information to people who think. We're not the only one. There are many other fine alternative news sites that collect and present information. And the problem is, is none of them, not us, not them, none of us even all added up together are going to make one whit of difference Dick Cheney will still sit there and say, I have the power to declassify information. It doesn't matter if I'm declassifying information to destroy somebody who was exposing me for a liar or to, you know, to expose uh, the intelligence agency of this country to peril, you know, many intelligence agents. He is going to sit there and say it to cover up his lies. And he's going to get away with it. Believe me, he's going to get away with it. Nobody is going to stop him. Well, kind of objectively speaking, it's kind of it's quite quite an achievement. Actually, it's quite remarkable that, um, given history and and the various dictatorships that have existed throughout recent history, uh, and the way they enforced their power, which was basically by um, oppressing people, and and it was it was understood by everyone that they lived in a, an extremely repressive society. But in America, uh, you have essentially the exact same situation in terms of uh, at, at the top level, it, it's a dictatorship. But they have, again, through the use of the media, achieved the, the what, would, what would seem to be the impossible of having the vast a scientific majority, the vast, dictatorship, the vast majority of people living under a dictatorship who are completely unaware that they're living under a dictatorship. Bread and circuses presented by the media. Mm-hmm. Brave new world. And that's what we have. And as we've said, a pathocracy has nowhere to go but down. Already America is in a very, very dire situation. Um, the pathocrats have allowed their compatriots to move their corporations offshore, as they call it. That means, you know, to other countries like Mexico or China where, or India, where they can get dirt cheap labor, where they can then bring their goods and sell them back to Americans, or they can sell them to other places in the world for jacked up prices, and it's all about profit margin. Meanwhile, they don't have to pay any taxes in the United States because George Bush has decided to make their tax cuts permanent. You know, he talks about it as though those are tax cuts for American people, and some of the American people get a measly two or three hundred dollar tax refund now and again. You know, to make them think that they're participating in this great tax refund, but it's really all about you know giving these tax cuts to the rich and and the wealthy and the corporations. 
Meanwhile, most American people do not have uh, health insurance. They can't afford health insurance. They don't have health care because, you know, doctors are moving away, are moving out of medicine in droves, moving into other things, because, or, or there are fewer doctors graduating because uh, the, the cost of malpractice insurance is so high. Malpractice insurance is high because of the litigious nature of American society, because the American... Um, the quick way to make a buck. Yeah, because the the medical association has has allowed uh, has allowed processes and drugs to be propagated in America that are damaging to health and and around and around it goes. You know, people a, a family of two parents with two children or even one children. You know, both of them have to work many hours a week just to be able to pay their rent, to pay their or their mortgage payment, to pay for their vehicle, to to buy their food, to pay their utility bills uh, and to have, you know, anything at all. And children are being brought up in the school system, which are controlled by the media or which are propagators of the media. And around and around it goes. And it's going to hit the wall in the not too distant future, I'm afraid, because America is, quite frankly, bankrupt. It is uh, the American people are bankrupt. Economically, morally? Well, I wouldn't say the American people are morally bankrupt. The American people, uh, the American people are normal people, and they don't understand liars. They don't, they can't comprehend anybody who can lie as thoroughly, efficiently, and deeply as 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 psychopaths. They they don't understand it. I would just like to add that this uh, phenomenon of. Uh, Seeming democracy under dictatorship is not uh, unique to the U.S. because um, in the U.K. Uh, it's moving along quite nicely as well. Um, Even faster, maybe. It's notable that the the whole um, anti-Islamic terrorism movement that's being pushed by, by the British government is, is really front and centre in, in the U.K. at the minute in the same way that it is in the U.S. And in, in, the, in the U.K., um, there is um, a large Islamic community, so they have a lot of raw material there to kind of really push the message home. And uh, just recently, the, um, the Blair government uh, succeeded in pushing through a, a glorification of terrorism law, uh, basically where um, you would be arrested if you in any way incited or indirectly incited or supported or glorified uh, terrorism i.e. terrorist acts as, as defined in, in the modern definition. But the interesting thing about this is that the real uh, target uh, of, of this law is, is quite clearly um, ordinary British citizens who, uh, as we commented recently on the science page, can still recognise shit from Shinola because the fact is that if, if, if British citizens um, were to... the people who can recognise the, the British government and, and what Blair's government and what it's doing... Um, in terms of repressing civil rights, etc., if they were to go out and march, and uh, if they were to even hint that um, the British government was a terrorist regime itself, or that it was committing acts of terrorism, this is quite clearly under the Glorification of Terrorism Act. Um, is quite clearly uh, glorifying or, or, or giving support to terrorists because if you say that the British government or the American government is uh, is, is, is committing acts of terrorism, well, then you are supporting the terrorists who actually quite co coincidentally say the same thing. So um, 
and the other thing is that this this new law obviously the it's it's, it's been noted in, in in a couple of UK newspapers that there already were laws to allow the British government to and the British police to arrest uh, any kind of. Uh, um, support anyone coming out supporting or, or inciting uh, terrorist acts. So this this law was completely unnecessary in that regard, except uh, from the point of view of what what I've just said, which is that it now uh, very very definitely brings protest, ordinary public protest against the government into uh, into that under that definition of glorifying terrorism. Well, I have an idea. As you were talking, I was thinking what you were saying and listening, and the first thing that occurred to me as I was listening, was that isn't it interesting how the laws against smoking are right in pace with the laws that deprive people of their freedoms? And do the two have a relationship? That's the first thing. The second thing is is that it occurs to me that one way to to circumvent this media control would be, of course, to disengage from the media. First of all, people should turn off their televisions or throw them out. I know nobody's going to do that, but I'm just saying it anyway. Um, they should throw out all their video games. They should... Um, stop buying magazines. Stop buying magazines. They should boycott magazines. They should boycott newspapers. Because, you know, obviously these these organizations don't stay alive uh, if they don't sell their product. So one good way to make a, a serious protest would be to stop supporting them and to start supporting those publications, whether they are virtual or in print, that do tell the truth, whom you do trust. Of course, then of course you, you come again, it's a problem of who do you trust because after what I've just read a few minutes ago, uh, where you read how the uh, you know how they plan to set up one uh, media organ against the other to to fake a fight between them. Uh, how do you know who to trust? You know this is this is a real problem, uh, and I don't I don't have an answer. You know I mean I would like to say well you know you should trust us, and of course that's what I believe because we are sincere and we do the best we can. But th- I mean that's as that's as empty as as bush saying you should trust me in a certain sense because you know it's just those are just words mm-hmm. you can only tell who to trust over a period of time by observing you know the work someone does that's that's really the only thing you can can use to measure first of all the work that they do and second of all by doing your own research and here I don't mean just you know talking to people about things that's not research research means going to the sources but of course, everybody can't do that. You know, that's one of the reasons we have so many pages on our websites that include this original research from so many other people. We have many extensive quotes. We have uh, many citations from many other uh, authors where we back up everything that we write, everything that we say. We research it and we p- try to present this in a, in, in a condensed form so that uh, any individual who comes to read our website has the benefit of reading you know, the the condensed material from thousands of books. That's one of the things that we we do on our website. So that's the only thing I can tell you is do your own research and by their fruits you shall know them. Yeah, I I think that, you know, probably for our listeners, the people that are actually listening to this podcast, uh, most of those people would be able to do or be inclined to do their own research. But there's obviously the vast majority of people who 
are not inclined to do their own research because they and just they don't. Can't. They just don't have the time or the inclination. But having said that, if those people were asked, um, would they prefer truth over lies? They would say yes. So that's exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, our our goal is to be able to give those people what we presume, or I think we can correctly presume uh, they want, which is the truth, but they're being fed out of lies by mainstream media. And, of course, we need uh, to do that. We need a lot of help from people who are listening to this podcast and people who read the science page on a regular basis. We need help to break through those media lies and to at least provide a channel for these people who can't do their own research but who do want uh, to, be, to be told what the truth is. Yes, for example, you know, we're, we're able to do these podcasts now thanks to the, to the help of our readers who contributed sufficient funds so that we can uh, have this equipment that allows us to record and broadcast. And what we would like to do next, of course, is we would like to be able to have our system upgraded so that we could do interviews with very selected individuals whom we think are trustworthy, uh, and of course we'd have to interview them by telephone, so we need certain equipment so that we can do this, so that we can do these telephone interviews and broadcasts. And we have several people who are waiting in the wings uh, to sit down, figuratively speaking, and have a chat with us and to talk about these many issues that are of concern to everyone. But we can't yet do that because we don't have the funding. And we we struggle uh every day to to keep going because uh, what we're up against is is this vast media monster and it has eaten eaten up better people than we are so if y'all can help out donate today and we will keep on going if you'd like to make a donation you can go to the science page at www.signs-of-the-times.org and click on the Contribute link in the right-hand column. And that about wraps it up for this week's podcast. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.